Okay, I am not computer savvy like our pastor is, so you might have to use your Bibles today. I was in Sunday school this morning, and I was asking the students to turn to your Bibles, and every one of them, I could hear the pages go, and I thought, wow, this is a great, great thing to see, uh, to dig into the Word of God. <clears throat> but I, I think, I think, I think we're going to have the scriptures that I'm going to be talking on up, up here. There we go. Look at that. I want to turn to 1 John. 1 John chapter 3. <clears throat> he says, Behold what manner of love the Father had bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Even just pondering that statement, should be enough to feed us today. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. Beloved, now we are the sons of God and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. Our Heavenly Father, I just asked this morning that you would show forth your will for us today. Help us to recognize that love that was bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. What an honor we have. I pray we never take that relationship that we have with you for granted. That we might find ourselves praising you and thanking you. Even in, in these last Days, these desperate days, and the things that we have to deal with in this sin-cursed world. Help us to find that peace in knowing that the love of God has been bestowed upon us. And Father, if there be anybody here that does not know that love, or is not sure that God loves them, may today be the day that they recognize their need to accept Him as Lord and Savior for the forgiveness of sin, realizing that love. Bless our time. May the Holy Spirit have his way, for I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 When you read these uh, little epistles of 1 John, the, uh, the first two chapters of 1 John uh, the Christian life is presented under the figure of a divine fellowship. And as a matter of fact, in, in chapter 1, verse 3, and that's which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you that ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. But then here in chapter 3, it depicts the Christian life as a, as a divine birth. A position that the one who has come to the saving grace of Jesus Christ has in the family of God. Right? And John 1.12, to as many as received him, to them what gave you the power to become the sons of God? 
even unto them that believe on his name. Just believing on who he is and what he has done for you, you belong to the family of God. But it doesn't stop there. Yes, you have justified, you have been justified, but now we need to be sanctified through his word, through the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he is alive today. He is alive and desires to work in you and I in ways that goes beyond our imagination. That love, that love bestowed upon you, bestowed upon me. In earlier chapters, in the early chapters, Jesus is presented as the propitiation and the advocate. In this chapter, he's presented as the amazing expression of God's love. And it is amazing, isn't it? And, and, and the chapter, actually, just prior to that, the verse just before that, in chapter 2 and verse 29, if, if we know that he is righteous, ye know that everyone that doeth righteous is born of God. Kind of introduces us to the love of God. The Bible presents salvation as something of a divine position that we have in him those that have come to realize their need for him the position of being in christ is is present as well as a future position we have a hope we have a hope that someday and and it will happen it will happen And, and and many generations ago even in the the Apostle Paul's days, they expected it to happen in their lifetime. And, and such of you, many of you have expressed that same thing. If God is, is going to return the way things are looking today, the way that the world is in chaos, and the sin that is infiltrating the, 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 the family of not only your, your, your personal family, but the family of God. God has got to return. It's not good. But we have a hope. (laughs) We have a hope. The divine position finds its basis on being a child of God. Right? Everybody, everybody has opportunity to do that. Just like the verse I just quoted to you in in, in John 1.12. To as many as received them. Who has opportunity to receive them? Each and every one of us. Each and every one of us. That word, their child of God, draws attention to a a community. A community that changes our nature. Rather than having a right or or privileges it changes our nature. Verse 2 adds to verse 1. He says, In that Christians are not called, or excuse me, Christians are not uh, uh, called sons of God, but they are the sons of God. As a matter of fact, in my notes here, Ryrie says that after uh, the, the, the phrase that we should be called the sons of God, it should be stated, and we are. The ones that have come to a saving knowledge 
We are the sons of God. Think about that. The privilege it is to be in the family of God, the one that spoke the world into being, saying, you are my child. You are my child. I, I kind of brag on my kids, actually, a lot of times. I, I probably shouldn't because they get all their talent from their mother. And their looks. <laughs> but I, I'm wondering if that's what God does for us. That's what God does for us. He loved you and I to the point where he took my sin and your sin upon himself. And what is the proof of that? What is the proof that he did that? What happened at the results that he took my sin and your sin upon himself? What happened? He died. That's the result of sin. But see, he's the only one that could do that. Because he's the only one that can defeat death. Because three days later, he rose up and lives for us, interceding for us every day. To give us an inheritance. As first, excuse me, as, as first Peter 1 4 would state, an inheritance that's incorruptible, undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved for you and I, the children of God in heaven. What a thought! What a thought! How many of you would 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 Proclaim if you inherited, uh, who's a rich guy that we know of? Uh, who's the Microsoft guy that makes, oh, oh, Bill Gates, there you go. If Bill Gates left his inheritance to you, don't you think you'd be telling people? God gave us a heavenly inheritance that can never be taken away. Despite your actions, you might do something to Bill Gates and say, okay, I'm writing you off of this will. It doesn't happen in the family of God. It just doesn't happen. Because what he says he's going to do, he always does. And he gave us that inheritance the minute you came to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. The minute you recognized that love that the Father had bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. And we are his sons. The writer of the Gospel of John says that regenerations moved one from the sphere of the flesh into the sphere of the spiritual. In other words, you're a new creature. Paul reminds the Corinthian believers of that very thing. In 1 Corinthians chapter 5, he says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have come new. It's a position. It's a position, the Bible, that presents to us of something of a, a divine nature. If you are in Christ today, you are in the family of God. And we have an inheritance waiting for us in heaven. Amen. That's a hope. 
And it's a no-so hope. It's not maybe it will happen. It will happen. It will happen. Consider that today if you don't know or if you're not sure that you belong to that family. Listen, there's nothing wrong. I don't care how long you've professed to know Jesus Christ. There's nothing wrong with looking at your heart and making sure you belong to that family. Because the consequences otherwise are serious. Are serious. And I've heard testimony of many of people that, that, that lived or pretended to live the Christian life for years and then all of a sudden realize, hey, look, I'm not part of this family. Do you know him? Are you belong? Are you sure you belong to this family? This divine position is a product of God's love. Love follows a new life. Love bestowed on people something of God's nature and thereby instills believers as members of his family. Love grants us. Love grants the believer of a new nature. A new nature. A new disposition. A new uh, spiritual experience, if I can say that. Love is concerning is what concerned him to the highest good. In other words, God wants the best for you and I. No matter what you think the circumstances of your lives are, God has allowed those things for a purpose. And we might not recognize to the fullest extent what that purpose is till we see him face to face. I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to that, but at the same time, I get a lump in my throat because I got brothers and sisters, my sister and my brothers, who don't know Christ. And and, and one of them, even the mere mention of the name Jesus Christ, frustration grows in him. And it's like, God, why can't he see? Why can't he see? That love. It's a gift. It's a gift that God has given us. And in order for us to to have that gift, we need to receive it, right? Paul reminds the Ephesian believers of that, that very verse. I'm sure all of you can know that. Know this verse. For by grace have you been saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It is a gift of God. It had nothing to do with my actions. It had everything to do for me accepting that gift. The believers... Position is not merely based on being a child of God. It is a product of God's love. And you and I recognizing that love and accepting that free gift. Our position is a product of God's love. 
our position that a believer possesses also gives us a dilemma. <laughs> you say, what? How can that be? Look at verse 2. Oh, excuse me, the last part of verse 1. Therefore, because of that love, and because we belong to the family of God, he says, therefore, the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. The preaching of the cross to the world is foolishness to them. And, and I, there's things that happen in the realm of, of God's world, if I can say that, that are kind of confusing to me, especially some, even some of the things that were taking place in the Old Testament. You know, why would Elisha asked, be asked to make an axe head float? What does that have to do? It's just demonstrating God's power. And, and, and you think, well, how come God doesn't demonstrate that power today? And not only did he make an axe handle or axe head float, he, 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 he cleaned up the water. He parted the Jordan River. Well, why don't these things happen today? Listen, God is still the same God today as he was ever, ever Amen. been. And he does not change. And, and you want to see a miracle? Look around. You're looking at one right here. I don't deserve to be called a child of God. And to say that I am, that's a miracle. Amen. That's a miracle. That's a miracle. But the world can't understand that. The world looks at you and says, Yo, Niazu. That's what the world does. They look at you as like, wow, you're giving up all these good things that the world has to offer to read a Bible. Listen, I found out last week how people view the Bible. I don't know if you guys heard the story, but last week when I was coming to church, I put my Bible on top of the car and, and I forgot it there. And I drove off with my Bible on top of the car, along with two other books. And I lost my Bible. Guys, I was devastated. I've had this Bible for the last 25 years. It's full of little notes, full of underlines. And I, I might not be able to know the address of where the verse is, but I can turn to it because it's at that corner of the page in that certain book. So I posted on Facebook, if anybody sees a, a Bible in a black leather case along the road somewhere, could you please let me know? Wow, that lit a fire. Everybody I encountered for that next few days, hey, did you find your Bible? First of all, they thought it was Liz's Bible because I don't usually do anything on Facebook. But it was mine. Why are you so concerned about just a Bible? You can get another one. People don't understand the importance. The world, I should say, don't understand the importance of the word of God. And guys, people, gentlemen, ladies, kids, you need to realize the importance 
of God's word. We need to cherish this because there will be coming a day and that you won't be able to carry this around publicly. It's going to happen. Perilous times will come. Even in certain parts of the world, that's the way it is right now. Maybe God ought to bring that along so that we can realize what we have. That's why the church in China is flourishing. Because they can't openly carry a Bible. They cherish it. They, they hoard it. <laughs> the world can't understand. We're not much different from any other people. But the world did not recognize Jesus as his son. They do not know him as father. God is potentially the father of all his creation, but only to those who believe in Christ. All children of heavenly birth are the real children of God. Do you know him? Do you know him? And we'll probably never really appreciate the fullness of being, being in the family of God until, until we see him. But you guys, we can have that sense of belonging if we search him out. What does the writer of James says? Uh, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. And cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts. You double-minded. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. You want the peace of God? Get to know him. Second Peter starts off with that very verse. You want to know the grace and the peace of God? You get that through the knowledge of God. That's why living in the millennium reign, be, people will be living in such harmony because we'll have a true and a better knowledge of who God is and what Jesus Christ has done for us. The only way we can find the Father is through Jesus Christ. But those who reject Christ should never expect to understand or be inspected, expected to understand the followers of Jesus Christ. The world can't understand that. Thus, the world has no sympathy for and the, or the motives or the aims of the character of the church of God. They couldn't care less what happens up here on 25th Avenue. But people are looking. People are looking. Because the person that found my Bible... She didn't know what to do with it. But you know what she did with it? She put it in a plastic shop and save bag and put it at the door of the church here. Then called the church and said, I figured this must belong to somebody here because it's the word of God. You know, you know what that says to me? These people recognize that the word of God is being presented here in this church. 
People are watching. What am I telling them? What are my actions telling them? What are your actions telling them? What is your attitude telling them? What is your lifestyle telling them? Belonging to the family of God will confuse the world, but it shouldn't confuse the child of God. The position of a Christian is to be like the Father. How many of you kids, how many of you kids, sorry. (laughs) How many of you remember as a kid? I remember that like it was yesterday. Following my dad while he's walking in the snow and I'm stepping in his. Because I wanted to be like dad. I wanted to be like him. My dad used to drive for Dead River back back then. He used to deliver oil. And every once in a while, he'd get a call at night after supper and say, oh, I ran out of oil. Can you come deliver some oil? And I would go with him because I loved my dad and I wanted to be like my dad. He would let me shift the gears or pull a little red button with the rocks and the what that is. He'd let me pull that button. Hey, that was my favorite. I wanted to be like dad. I wanted to be like him. As a child of God, Do I want to be like him? That should be our heart's desire. And God has given us the ability to be able to do that. But it doesn't come out of the sky. It takes for you to, it took for me to get into that truck to shift that gear shift and be like that. It takes you and I to dig into the Word of God. And not just read it, but dig in there. And as Pastor Doug used to say, find that jewel and hold on to that jewel. And be like Christ. Be like Him. It's a thing that's made possible for us to do. Because we have been given that new nature. The things that you used to cherish... Before you were saved, forget those things. Those will not bring you the joy that Christ desires for you. For people to be like Christ in in this life and this life to come, we must practice it today. We must practice it today. It must be initiated here on time on earth so people might see that Christ in us. Imitate a pure life, a pure living, the results of a new birth. No one, no one is content to live in sin when he or she knows God. You should not be be content. Listen, if you are satisfied with the sin that's in your life, you better check your heart. And who you gave it to. Listen, this, this does not come from you. Look, look at these verses here. Uh, 
Look in verse 6 of chapter 3. You're going to have to look in your Bibles. I don't think it's going to come up here. Verse 6. Whosoever abideth in him, sinneth not. Whosoever sinneth hath not seen him, neither knoweth him. That's the idea of if you tolerate sin in your life. It's not saying that a Christian will never sin again. But if your lifestyle is comfortable with your sin, then there's something wrong. There is something wrong. And he goes on to say, he said, little children, let no man deceive you. Let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous as even as he is righteous. Don't let the devil kid you. If you have come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and you happen to fall one day, God will be there to pick you up if you turn to him. If you turn to him. He, in verse 8, he that committed sin is of the devil. For the devil sinneth from the beginning. For his, for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that we might destroy the works of the devil. <laughs> Don't be comfortable in your sin, people. Because that's evidence of where your heart is. Repent. Repent. The consequences are grave, are serious. We're talking about life and death. What good would it for us to enjoy the sinful pleasures of this world and be headed to an eternal damnation? Why do you think so many people are depressed nowadays? The position of a Christian is to be like the Son of God. The duty of a Christian is concern along is a concern along with that position. In, in verse three, he says, "Every man that hath this hope," and that word "hope" there could be read "rest." So, in other words, it's in every man that rests in Him. To rest in the Lord Jesus Christ, purify themselves or cleanses himself, even as he is pure. We can be Christ-like if we recognize that hope and rest in that hope. Rest in it. Rest in it. Rest in the word of God. And there's no greater example of resting in the word of God than when when Luke, uh, in chapter 5, I believe it is, where Simon Peter is asked by our Lord Jesus Christ to cast your net and catch some fish. And what does the, the, the Simon Peter tell him? He says, Lord, we've worked all night long and we have caught nothing. But what does he say after that? Nevertheless, At thy word, I will do it. Find ourselves resting in what God says. And if God says that he wants to use the child of God, rest in that. Because he'll show us things, as, as Paul reminds the Ephesian believer, that he's, he's able to do exceedingly above all that we can ever think or imagine. <laughs> I, 
I can't get over the miracles that God has worked in my life. And I find myself sometimes thinking, wow, it's about time, God. But that's not what my attitude should be. It should be, thank God. Thank God. You know, just a few months ago, I was asking for prayers for my relationship with my grandson. Because every time I try to call him or text him or, or even get a hold of him, it was a big to-do thing. He'd never answer me back, left a message, he wouldn't, have, he wouldn't text him. And, and it was like he didn't want to have a part of my life at all. And I, and I prayed for that. And I asked you guys to pray for that. And today, I can't shut him up. He is in constant communication with us. Every time I want to know how his day is going, he'll like, oh, you might not be right away. You know, he does have a job. He does work. But he, that's a miracle. I never thought it could happen, but it did. And, and, the, and the fact, even just of my youngest boy, Matthew, him too, we were button heads in our relationship early on. And... As a matter of fact, I had wrote that prayer request on, on, on the bedstand near my bed, and I, I read it just about a year ago, asking that God would fix our relationship. That's all I said. God, fix our relationship. God has went above and beyond. Above and beyond. Uh, I, I, can I brag on my son today? Can I do that? He's active in his church. You know what? It, it, it blesses me because he wants to be just like me. Because you know what he does at his church? He gives the announcements. <laughs> but God even took it one step further. The first sermon he preached, the first sermon he preached, back when Matthew was 16, 15 or 16 years old, I had taken a sticky note and asked him to read these certain scriptures. I even forget what the scriptures were. They're somewhere in the Old Testament. I believe it was in Genesis. But the first sermon he preached, he shared that testimony. I even forgotten I had done that. God is able to use you and I in ways that you can't even imagine. And don't limit the power of God. Don't limit the power of God to use you. He created you and he designed you for that very thing, to worship him. That's what we were designed to do. We went through a series of that with uh, Tim Kelly, I think the guy's name was. God designed us to worship him, and he'll use you in ways that you can't even imagine. Don't limit God's power. Don't limit that power. Relying on God's word. And Christ is the living word, isn't he? In the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the word was with God. That's Jesus Christ. Rely on him. Rely on him. 
the word purify in there in verse 3. It's a purity maintain. It's a purity that takes effort. Uh, a fearfulness and defilement uh, and, and allurements. It's to get away from that fear. To get away from the things that allure you away from your relationship with God. Cleanse yourself. Purify yourself. That's something that we have to work at. It is a personal inner cleansing of the heart. As I just read to you in in James chapter 4, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. You want to be like Christ, seek him out. Seek him out. The only thing that happens automatic in this sin-cursed world that we live in is a cold. Be around somebody that's got a cold, you can transfer it to anybody. I give it to my wife all the time. But one thing that can't be transferred from one person to another automatically is your relationship with him. I can't tell you for a certainty that you are going to heaven. That you know Jesus Christ. Only you can do that. And only you can work on that relationship with him. Work out your own salvation. In other words, build on that relationship because of that love that was bestowed upon you. Love him in return. It's as simple as that. But in our depraved state, it's a hard thing to do, isn't it? That's where commitment comes in. That's where recognizing that hope that he promised you and I comes in to encourage you to do that. And I got to tell you, the more you dig into this, the more you're going to want to dig into that word. It goes without saying. It goes without saying. You start reading a book and which is another miracle that God worked in my life. I never read a book in my life. And, and, and now I, I, I pick up a documentary and it's like, wow. I start it and it's like, I can't wait to see what happens. Open this and you'll see you can't wait to see what's going to happen. We should so live in this corrupt society that we reflect the light that comes from a heavenly source. Again, if you're comfortable in your sin, then there's something wrong with your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Check it. Paul encouraged people to do that all the time. Make sure your calling and election is sure. Those who are not the children of God lack that position that the Creator intended for them. Those who are not Christians will never reach that position planned for them by God unless they turn to God. 
unless they turn to the Lord Jesus Christ. People will often say, says, well, I don't, I don't want to go to hell. I'm not choosing to go there. You might not choose to go there, but you, we were already headed there beforehand. Scripture is very, very, very plain about that. If you don't know him today, don't put it off. Don't put it off. It's a matter of life and death. Become what he wants you to be. For the believer, imitate him. Imitate him even though the world will laugh at you. A lot of people laughed at me because I lost my Bible. And the effort that I went As I was looking for my Bible, I was driving along Route 1 at about 15, 20 miles an hour in the breakdown lane, hoping to be able to see it. My neighbor stopped. Hey, is there anything wrong? No, I, I says, uh, I lost my Bible. I put it on my car and I lost my Bible and I'm trying to find it. I figured it's black. I should be able to see it. Oh, so, oh that's good. Oh, I thought something was wrong. Something was wrong. Do you know him this morning? If you know him, do you have a desire to be like him? Listen, I don't care how long you've been saved. I ask that question to myself every day. Do I desire to be like Christ today? So that he can show me and demonstrate me that he can raise an iron axe head out of the water. It's funny, that was what I was praying. I even went for a walk afterwards, after church. I walked all along Route 1, hoping to find it. And I kept praying, Lord, you brought up an axe head from the water. Why can't you bring my Bible out of the snow? <laughs> well, he did. Not in the way I thought, but he did. He's able to do exceedingly above all that we can ever think or imagine. Don't let your circumstances rule your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Because what he's ordained for you and I might be difficult to take, but he gives the strength. He gives the strength to go through those things. Not for you to avoid them. That's how he demonstrates his power. That's how. I don't know why I'm stuck on that iron axe head there, but can you imagine that prophet that was using that axe and he lost that axe head, how he felt? Because he borrowed that axe. And I'm just sitting here thinking, I wonder if he was saying something like, God, I'm, I'm one of your disciples why did you let this happen to me? I lost this borrowed axe. Why did he let it happen? Because God wants to demonstrate his power, and he did. And God wants to demonstrate the power in you and I today. But in order to do that, 
I have to be willing to imitate the Lord Jesus Christ. And imitating him imitates his love. To love the people that God puts in your life. Some of them are hard to love. But God calls us to love them. And that love, it's got to start right at home. Right at home. If you can't even love your own family members, how do you expect you'll be able to love your neighbor? Do you have a desire to imitate him? Let's close our time in prayer. Nick, could you do that for me, please? Father, I just, I just thank you, Lord, for this exhortation today that uh, you, you spoke to us through Brother Al, Lord. Lord, may we desire you so much, Lord, that we would spend time with you, that you would change us, Lord, that people would see your light in us and, and desire that, Lord. They, they can't understand it, but... Lord, I know that somehow you can use us to draw them unto yourself, Lord. And so I pray today that uh, as we leave this place, Lord, that we would leave with just a, just a desire uh, to know you better, to draw near to you, Lord. And don't let, don't let us forget it as soon as we get out the door, Lord, and start thinking about lunch to fill our hungry stomachs, Lord. Uh, Lord, I know I want to be more like you. want to be more like you too, Lord. So I pray that you would transform us. Make us into your image, Lord. We ask this thing, these things in Jesus' name.